The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. It's funny, Jaylen and I, we were talking in the last half hour about manufactured purchasing. Um, this is uh, when you use a credit card with a rewards program associated with it to buy something that you intend to turn into cash immediately mm-hmm. uh, in order to simply collect the points. And a lot of you are still texting in about it. Um, one texter says, uh, we tried to buy a new vehicle with our credit card. We were told the maximum amount we could put on the card was $5,000. The um, story of the guy who was buying the collectible coins from the uh, Royal Canadian Mint that in the article it, it addressed that that merchants don't really talk about this but when they determine that there's a bit of a loophole in their rewards program mm-hmm. they quietly close the loophole yeah. so they don't want it to be a big story they don't want everybody to know that they allowed this to happen so i would i would guess that those individuals who were buying cars and maybe it's by dealership but i would think that Either the industry or yep. specific dealerships or specific types of cars went, okay, Yeah, we need to stop. We need to close that loophole a little bit. And someone texted in about uh, Bitcoin as well. And mm-hmm. Andrew and I are still trying to get our still, head around yeah. the Bitcoin. We've had Bitcoin people on yep. this show, but Bitcoin has gone through the roof over the past uh, week, week and a half, two weeks, really. Um, I remember because my, my kid was doing it in Tokyo. And so right now, today, one Canadian dollar, is equal to 10,000 Bitcoin, right. whatever that means. So last week, when it jumped from 6,000 to 9,000 overnight, it was like, whoa, okay, this is great, this is great, this is great. And then it took a plunge, and so he, he decided to get out of it mm-hmm. and, and lost a bit of cash, but still made some really good money going into it. But Bitcoins man, are still... I, I don't get it. No, nor do I. And I, you know, as you say, I've interviewed guys mm-hmm. who are into bitcoins they've explained it to me several times over it strikes me as like easter island statues <laughs> you know you can hey sure you can buy one you can never own it uh, you can never take it home you can never touch it and don't ever forget your password or you're, you're in big <laughs> right, trouble exactly you lose everything the one guy that we had on the one time he actually offered to give me a piece of a bitcoin because mm-hmm. you can break it up into different pieces and i never followed up with it what a dummy! <laughs> For sure. Anyway. Hindsight always twenty twenty. Yes, hindsight is uh, twenty twenty. So um, quickly, mm-hmm. um, in Vancouver, mm. talk about people doing stupid things when they're driving. This one comes with a picture because, and you know, the picture you can describe it, but the picture is worth a thousand words. When you see what this guy had rigged up in his car. Mm-hmm. It's it's just quite something. Yeah, so they pulled over um, uh, a driver for wearing headphones because apparently that's um, illegal. Right. He was, um, if you know Vancouver, it's uh, Canby near West Broadway. Um, the driver had attached his phone to his steering wheel with a piece of string, wedged his tablet between the wheel and the phone, and then the headphones were plugged into the phone. So picture this. For those of you in a car right yeah. now, just picture your steering wheel. And as I say, a picture tells uh, a thousand yeah. you know, a thousand words. So the steering wheel, it, it there's a phone at the very bottom of the steering wheel, which, as Jay just said, attached with the string. And he's, once he's jerry-rigged. Yeah, then he's wedged yeah. his tablet in just slightly behind the phone. Yeah. 
yeah. and up to the top of the yeah. steering wheel, bending it only slightly. So he's basically staring at two screens directly in front of him as he drives. And, you know, not, not only distracted, but also with the headphones, right? The only disappointing... I'm glad the police caught him. But the only disappointing part of the story is the ticket for distracted driving in Vancouver is three hundred and sixty-eight dollars, yeah. and we've done several stories where they've we've talked about them giving out that ticket. But in this case, they did not give him that ticket; they gave him an eighty-one dollar ticket for failing to produce a driver's license. <laughs> and and the police officer and nobody's criticizing the police yeah. officer who gave the ticket. Everybody's saying it's up to the police officer at the time as to what they yep. want to do. The police officer, I guess, was so gobsmacked by what he yeah. saw that he lectured this guy Good. for, you know, quite a few minutes yeah. uh, on the side of the road, explaining to him why what he was doing was so dangerous and so reckless and so idiotic. <sighs> and then I guess at the end of that lecture decided, well, that lecture was worth, uh, you know, $368, mm. so just gave him the $81 ticket. But this is distracted driving taken to yeah. taken to a level that I've never seen yep. before. And 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 I, I would have preferred he got the ticket, honestly. Yeah, I think he should have got the ticket too. Me too. But Absolutely. I don't want to. You know, again, it's yeah. the call of the police officer. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I'm sure the police officer. And this is what the police officer. <laughs> no one's arguing with what he decided, but what he's saying is, no, look, I thought education was the way to go on this one. So we don't know. We don't know what that conversation looked like, or maybe the guy was like, well, why would this be dangerous? Wish someone had videotaped it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me clarify. Yeah, I, I screwed that up, you guys. Um, one Bitcoin is 10,000 Canadian today. Ah, okay. Okay, so yeah, I don't know. It came out the wrong way. As I said, it's confusing to me. Someone texted in from Kevin. Kevin says, I've been investing and managing our finances for quite a few years. Have a pretty decent understanding of many facets of that. That said, I've been researching Bitcoin and I still don't understand it one single bit. No, and I got to tell you, you're not alone. Um, the last time that, and I was on my own, so I don't know if it was mornings or afternoons, but had a Bitcoin guy on because so many people talking yeah. about Bitcoins, right? And I did something I rarely, if ever, do. I pre-interviewed him mm. because I really wasn't even sure what questions to ask. And I spent the better part of 45 minutes on the phone and I got to tell you, I walked away still... Still not understanding. I don't understand no. this. No. And I thought that perhaps once I got him on the air and got him to explain it, that at least yeah. some of our listeners would understand it. But I still was like, okay, why yeah. are people buying these and how are they going up in value? The kid the kid tried to explain it to us uh, a couple of weeks back. And we're like, okay, yeah, just never mind. Are yeah, you making stop. money on it? Good. Go for <laughs> it. That's, that's awesome. Just, you know, watch it. <sighs> Bitcoin and pot stocks right now. <laughs> Hey, speaking, going through the roof. Speaking of managing your money, here's a little oddity. And again, we talked yesterday about technology will come and bite you in the butt at least once a week. I said that, and, and it does. So I was telling you yesterday, off air, that my old football team, my the Dalhousie yeah, yeah, yeah. Tigers, right? Um, the year after I stopped playing and graduated from university, the team folded. I had nothing to do with the team uh -huh. folding. We weren't very good. They went 30 years without a team at Dalhousie, and now the team uh, the team came back. So they had gotten hold of their alumni who had played and said, hey, if you want to buy a hoodie, which you know I love hoodies, um, you can go ahead and order it, and it'll say Dal Tigers, and it'll have a football on it. And I was like, totally doing this, because I'd love to have that yeah. hoodie, but I'd also like to support the team. So I bought two hoodies, right? So I buy the two hoodies online through their online system, and pay through PayPal. So mm -hmm. I do that, right? And then I realize that the jerseys or the uh, hoodies are going to say 1980, or they're going to say 2017 on them, but you can pick any year. 
And I so thought, you wanted well, 19. I want 1981. Yeah. That was the last year I played. So I canceled the order. And as they instructed me to do, you weren't able to, you cannot change an order. You have to cancel the order. Okay. So I canceled the order and I put in 1981 and then sent the order. And then I looked at it again. I went, oh, the football allows you to put the number on, the number that you played with. So, again, you can't modify the order, so I canceled the order, <laughs> and I put it in again for, 2000, or for 1981 with my, my number and sent the order again. So today, this morning, I'm just looking at my online banking going, hey, what the, what? So what has happened is, because it's PayPal, they've taken the money each time. So I've sent, and I think the total amount of money with the donation that goes with, you basically are making a donation and then you're getting a jersey as a thank you. Um, $600 <laughs> has been paid to the company. Now, the company has refunded the two out of three purchases. Yes. So $400 are coming back my way. PayPal saying that well, they hold on to that for seven to ten days to ensure that the refund's legitimate. And then if you request that money back into your bank account, it's another seven to ten days. So I've now locked up $400 <laughs> for the better part of three weeks. I thought you were getting cancellation charges on top no, of that, too, no. which is, yeah. There's a fee, though. If I withdraw yeah. the cash from PayPal, there's a fee. Or I can just leave it in the account and buy things on PayPal and it will come out at no commission, you know. But I don't use PayPal very often. In fact, I couldn't even remember what my password was. That's how long it's been. So now, yeah, it's just one of those things where you're like, I did all of that within five minutes. You should have probably read I was I was multitasking. First, okay. Yeah. Well, talking about money, mm -hmm. what amount, <laughs> what, 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 what's your number? What is your number, Chedville, that you would believe that you're rich? Mm -hmm. Is it $100,000? Is it a million dollars? Is it $5 million, $10 million? Is it $100 million? When would you believe that you're rich? And it's funny. We had this conversation a long time ago, months ago. Yep. And, and I actually, as you know, put pen to paper yep. and figured out what I would need. And I don't remember the number I came up with, but I think it was in the magnitude of... A hundred million, somewhere uh, in there. I thought it was oh, what, thirty. We, I thought it was thirty or fifty. Yeah, I think you're right. 50, thirty or or fifty. Yeah, so that included, uh, you know, taking care of my yep. kids, my yep. wife after my death, a few charitable donations, uh, some property in the Caribbean. You're right. I think it came up to thirty or thirty-five million. Turns out I was way wrong, way wrong, because according to rich people, and these are people who. Are rich. Are really rich. <laughs> you know the fabulously, stupidly rich people? Billionaires. Billionaires. They say that the minimum you would need to actually have this happiness, this uh, your mm -hmm. happiness number, is 100 million. Yeah. And if you're anything less than that, yeah. you are not truly rich. A yeah. hundred million. Remember back when we thought, wouldn't it be great to be a millionaire? Oh, yeah. Well, I want to retire with a million dollars yeah, yeah. in the bank. These guys say, no, yeah. millions, nothing. You just absolutely nothing. A hundred million dollars is what you need. And if you're wondering how many people have achieved that, 0.09%, mm -hmm. so less than 1%, 0.09% of Americans' millionaires are worth over a hundred million. But about 5% of Americans are actually millionaires. So, yeah. Um, about 95% of those folks have between one million and five million dollars. And if, and now you think, if, unless you're giving it away or helping out a lot of people, but if you, this is not what they're saying. They're saying no, no, no. This is a hundred million dollars is the minimum you need in order to maintain your own lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And if you're like me, you think, what? What could you possibly spend? I, I'd have a hard time spending a hundred million dollars. Um, here's some of the examples that they use. 
real estate. You'll you'll want to invest, uh, you know, in the neighborhood of $18 million to get an apartment on Fifth Avenue facing Central mm-hmm. Park. It sort of goes without saying. It'll cost you $2 million to furnish it uh, and uh, put up decorations and $20 million for if you want a weekend home in the Hamptons. And this is like living like a billionaire as exactly. well, right? And of course you need a vacation spot in the Caribbean. So those are all going to cost you, you know, 20 mm-hmm. to $30 million. Um, education, $1.7 million per child for a no expense spared educational mm-hmm. strategy. Now that would be private schools, tutors, music lessons, sports, mm-hmm. trips abroad, and of course they have to go to an Ivy mm-hmm. League school. So you have to, you know, you have to buy their way in there. Well, that's how you do it, I think. That's why so many libraries are named after yeah. people. Twenty-five thousand annually to sit on a board, because if you're going to be rich, you got to sit on a board. You got to sit on a board, and it has to be in New York City. Uh, Fifteen thousand per table at at the typical uh, charity event. Fifteen thousand, huh? And then, of course, there's your staff, because when you're fabulously rich, uh, you can't just live in uh, Twilliger. And you, and you know. Well, you could. Your money's going to go a lot farther than it is if you're living in the penthouse in. Uh, but that's not. You can't think that way, apparently. In New York. No, you got to burn this money as fast as possible. One hundred and fifty thousand dollars annually is what you should budget for a driver, a chef, and a housekeeper. One hundred and fifty thousand. That seems cheap. And then, then of course, if you're going to have people over to your mansion. Got to have the artwork. Got to have the artwork. Twenty million to a hundred million per piece. <laughs> per piece. <laughs> in a seven or eight mm. piece collection. And you should be uh, upgrading that collection at all times. About a million dollars a year is uh, your budget. And then health and beauty. Yeah. $150,000 annually for your wardrobe, Mm -hmm. grooming, trainers, and cosmetic procedures. I'm almost 60 and have not spent $150,000 total, I don't think, on wardrobe, grooming, trainers, and cosmetic Mm. procedures. Yeah, but if you're living this life and you have that money and you can get (laughs) things moved and shifted around and... uh, you know, a, a Birkin bag costs, you know, 50 to 100 grand. You're going to pay for it. I guess. You know, get the. We'll get this all tucked you know up and have this re all arranged. And sure. The, maybe this is the wrong analogy, but I think it kind of fits. We we talked yesterday. I said I, I like uh, going online, playing a little uh, slots. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Now, there's no real money involved. It's all fake money or whatever. I don't do it very often, but I do do it. At night, usually, I play the slots for, for a little while. And because it's not real money, you can bet a million dollars a spin, three million dollars a spin, right? <laughs> One night, I bet $10 million on a spin. Man, I hit a jackpot. Yeah. So I had $200 million. Yeah. And I found I lost interest in the game. Because when you have that much money, you're not trying to achieve anything anymore. You're just spinning and going, okay, I don't care if I win or lose because I got 10 million bucks, right? And I feel like, mm. I, I know that I know that it seems like, you know, if you were fabulously rich, you didn't have a worry in the world. I feel like my life would lack mm. challenge and direction. I'd find a beautiful zen point in my life. And be happy? Besides, yeah, I'd be busy. I'd find things to do. Think about all those people who've had, who have retired yeah. and then went back to work because they just yeah. missed having a function. Yeah, well, I would have a function <laughs> with $100 million, trust me. 321, your answers to the question, what is your number? Yeah, your happiness your number. Your happiest, happiness number, your rich number, right after this. Okay, so what's your rich number? What is your... Happy number. Scotty O says, if my house is 100% paid off, I no longer have any debt and $100,000 in the bank account, I would feel rich with my current job. Love this text here. 
Years ago, when I was terribly broke, my mom asked what I thought rich was. I said if I could go to the grocery store mm. and buy anything I wanted, then I'd be rich. I can do that now, so I remind myself I am rich. Nice. From Swan Hills, when I owe no one any money and have a uh, ten grand in the bank. This one says, I consider myself well off and I know some really rich people and not one of them seem to be very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone says if you won the lottery, you'd uh, need to keep working for purpose in your life. That's what I was saying. I would find so much purpose outside <laughs> of work. Yep. Magic number uh, for Chris is $11 million, $1 million to set me up for life. And even a 1% return would earn me hundred k a year. Trucker Dave says uh, $5 million would get him to the end of his life. From Edson, $1 million. From Lashburn, seven million, and I disappear. Anonymous is quite a bit cheaper. <laughs> Do you know? Here's the other thing too, and you go ahead and call BS on me, listeners, if you want. I, I talk about wanting whatever the number is, fifty million, say, and part of that is to set my kids up. But I really feel like my kids need to struggle. Like I, I, I feel like they need to build. Yeah towards their own future and I feel like I'm doing them a disservice to make that too easy for them because we've all been on this journey right that's I mean think back to when you first got married and you didn't answer the phone for fear of the creditor that might be on the other end and we've gotten we've fought our way through that and we've learned so much as a result of it I don't want to just hand stuff to my kids but on the other hand I do want them to be listen yeah but come on uh, yeah I hand stuff to my kids because I don't want them they're, I want to share... Th they're 22 and 20. Yeah. Yeah. They're still I, at home. They're not paying rent. Mm -hmm. One's going to school. One has a job. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's your whatever. I'm not... But I'm whatever. not setting them up for life. I'm no. setting them up to succeed but, at life. Here's the thing. If you ended up with your 30 million, doesn't mm -hmm. mean you have to give them any. <laughs> or you give them a little bit to pay help with a rent or whatever. It doesn't mean you just hand them over a, yeah. a check for 5 million. We certainly wouldn't do that with our boys. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be a problem. <laughs> because it's not going to happen. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I, you know, you want to. It's a it's a balancing act, right? Like you want. I want my kids not to have to struggle the way I did. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I mean, I, in my lifetime, I was homeless, right? So I don't want them ever to be there. But I don't want it to be so easy that they they don't learn from just succeeding at life so i don't know what the balance there is i feel like i've kind of found well, it but i think you're still you know looking for it but i think we we'll yeah. all keep looking for it yeah that's the thing about balance it's yeah it takes a lot to get it there <laughs> i know it's funny if it ever gets there right yeah exactly on 6 30 chat edmonton's breaking news and conversation station Hey, 338, thanks everybody for uh, texting in this afternoon. Lyle says, I'm rich, I have a beautiful wife, three lovely kids in a nice home. I live in the best province in the best country on the planet. I am rich. Here's an interesting question. I certainly understand not wanting to spoil your kids, but I'm just wondering what you think about if your children won $10 million, how much oh, do you think they would give you? We've already talked about that. You know, I don't think I could take money from my children. Oh my God, yeah, you can. No, uh, <laughs> if they want it... I mean, it, you know, if one of my kids wanted, I would encourage them to give the other siblings no. a little a little taste of that. Mm. But I don't want their money. I just because that's one less thing I got to worry about. Okay, so the kids are now looked after. I'll just look after my wife and I. Dad would get his Corvette. <laughs> really? I and I'm not sure it. what I would get, but oh no, we've we've discussed it already because we buy lottery tickets as a family. We, yeah, we, we, and we do that. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? This is just maybe an unfortunate <laughs> quirk just... of my personality, um, but I have been in, as I've said, in positions where I need needed help, mm -hmm. right? And now I don't want to take 
help. Like it's I, not help though. I'm fine. Like I'll. Oh God, I'll be I get fine. so sick of you saying I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> it would be a gift. Yeah. So if they've got ten million, if they gave you fifty grand, whatever, it's fifty grand. Enjoy it. If they, if my kids gave me a substantial amount of money, I would buy something for my kids with it. <sighs> I don't need anybody's help. I'm fine. Oh, just stop it with that. If you, on the other hand, won 100 million, I would take the money from you. I'm not giving you any. All right, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm glad we established that. (laughs) (laughs) We already established that like two years ago. Yeah, that was our first rule. No gifts to one another. Do you remember that? Well, no, I think it was the gift. But we, we discussed the lotto win. If it was over a certain amount, that we would give each other a certain amount. Okay. Like, I think if it was, you know, a good honk, we would get a, a nice little gift somewhere along Do you know uh, my man crush, uh, Gordon Ramsay? Yes. Did he just text you? Uh, no, but did you know this? My wife just texted me. Gordon Ramsay doesn't let his kids fly first class mm-hmm. because they haven't earned it. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah, there was an article not too long ago about about uh, Gordon Ramsay and, and the kids and how he's making. they got to work. they got to do all yeah. this sort of stuff. And Yeah. Good on him. Hmm. One more reason for me to love my my man crush. I'm not quitting radio until the day we get him on the show. Ugh, That's okay, on my I'll bucket list. I'll put out a list. request next week. Gee, is it that easy? Probably. All right, let's do it. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Are you encouraging me? Okay, that's fine. I don't know what I'd ask him. I'd be all schoolgirl. I don't know what the word is. I'd be like, oh, we're joined by Gordon Ramsay. Hi, Gordon. I love you. And then he'd say, don't you have a bloody question to ask me? <laughs> and he'd get all mad and get all frowny with you. Oh, totally okay with that. Okay. It has to be in studio. I'm not uh, throwing oh, away, well, in I'm studio, not throwing I'm not away sure, a career I'm not on sure a telephone he's, conversation. I'm sure he's not coming to Ed- Edmonton anytime soon, but we can. I'll tweet him and ask. Okay. Um, talking about money, uh, a new uh, study came out, and uh, I know wedding season is over, but some folks like to get married in the winter. There was um, talking about how much kids were spending on their uh, engagement rings this year. Mm-hmm. Speaking of spending money. Yeah, yeah, 2017 jewelry and engagement study. They surveyed more than 14,000 engaged or recently married brides and grooms. Uh, they found that the average spent on an engagement ring went up 25% from 2011, so over the past six years. Um, so back in 2011, the average would have been about $6,500. And uh, in 2017, it was just over eight grand. Do you know? And then this was interesting. It's a nine in ten brides reported being satisfied with the amount their fiance <laughs> spent. With the amount, what? What? Come on! Like, that just sounds so awful. <laughs> satisfied with the amount. Mm. Well, only six percent said they wish their partner had spent more, and four percent said they wish their partner spent less. Really? My wife got a pretty crappy engagement ring out of the gate. It was what I could afford. According to the report, nearly one in three, 29% of the grooms reported spending more than they planned to on the engagement ring. Do you know, I'm not surprised, and the study didn't address this, I'm not surprised to see these numbers because I, I, I think, and, it, and it's not just millennials, it's, it's everybody. I think as time goes by, we're becoming less and less financially responsible, and I think there's just so many different ways to go into debt that I I can see where back in the day my mom and dad I can see where my dad saying this is how much money I have in Mm -hmm. my pocket so that's what the ring can cost and then it's changed over the years where we don't generally see the problem with carrying debt so I can you know I can see where people are yeah you know it'll get paid off and it's the ring she wants and 
but it's not the ring you go can afford. Go to make afford. her happy and yeah, yeah, yeah. But is it going as a couple moving forward? If you're getting married and you're still paying thousands of dollars on an engagement ring, is that something that's going to make you as a couple happy? I ne- I don't understand. I never understand it when it comes up on one of those reality shows I mm. like, where somebody's getting engaged and they always have the scene where they're in the jewelry shop and you know whether it's Vanderpump Rules or Real Housewives or whatever, they're always spending these fabulous amounts of money. And I just, I don't understand it. I mean, if if that was the condition upon which a woman would agree to marry me, that's not probably the right well, woman for yeah, me. Yeah, I'm not sure it's a condition or if it's, well, for some women, maybe it is. For mm-hmm. some women, maybe it is that it has to be the certain ring and it has to well, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'd like blah, to blah. set the bar a little lower than that. But I'm just like, oh my goodness, it, sh- it shouldn't be a condition. No. It, it, it just shouldn't be. And and anybody who's marrying someone who has a condition like that maybe should think twice about the condition. True. Because there's going to be more conditions oh, yeah. down the road. That's going to cost you And money. this was interesting. They said, um, on average, couples looked at 26 rings before picking the one that they wanted. What? Uh, 4.4 months to plan a proposal and three and a half months to look for a ring. Well, if you're looking at 26 different ones, I guess. But Well... I don't know about all of that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of planning. Hey, I've done it twice, and I'm like, I don't think I looked at 26 rings total. You know, it is. How does that? I like rings. Yeah, sure. How does that work these days? Because I, I sort of remember that thing where you're you've been dating for a while things are getting fairly serious right you can sort of see on the horizon that this is where we're heading and then you find yourself in the mall one day and uh you know your uh, girlfriend says hey just for fun let's go into the store let's go into the store and then directs you to the right case and Mm -hmm. oh you know what i would like is uh, you know whatever and it's kind of like i guess that's the ring i'm getting i would never buy oh i was about to I was, I was going to say I would never buy my wife a ring without her picking it out, but I did. I did do that. I picked the second engagement ring, which came ten years. Yeah, later. Later, you did that one on your own. I did. Yeah. Based on the description of what she of told what you. she told me. Yeah. I mean, she didn't know it was coming. Well, she described what the perfect yeah. engagement ring would look like. And and there are there are some folks out there that believe no, the guy picks it and he decides, and you know that's the way it should be. And then there's the others very much were like, yeah, why why would you waste your time doing that? I know. <laughs> I mean, I was. I'll tell you what stumped me. Jim the... just kept telling me. He says, okay, would you just lead this horse to the water? And <laughs> yeah, just let me drink. Just tell me which one. There In was fact, two. Here's my He's, credit card. He says, tell me. There was two. There was yeah. just. And I was like, no, this one. And then I saw another one that I kept going back to. It was out in Jasper. And he's like, just, he stopped in the middle of, I don't know, Patricia Street in Jasper. He's like, just tell me which one. <laughs> I went into a store to get. I actually uh, think he already had this one. Really? So, yeah. I went into a store in Calgary. I was living in Calgary at the time when I got engaged to Carol. So I went into the <laughs> store. I knew what I could afford because I had no credit. Yeah. So it's what cash I had, yeah. right? And I wouldn't be able to qualify for any layaway plan or anything like that. So it was the cash I had, and I believe it was, I'm going to say 600 bucks. It was somewhere in there. I think I'd probably just gotten paid for a gig, so it was like, okay, take that. And I was nervous, as men are, when I think when they go to buy a ring and you want it to be good or whatever. So, you know, they show you the first case. (laughs) And you're like, no. Right, and then they ask you your budget, and when you say $600 you see that look of disappointment. <laughs> like I've already, sp- the time they've already invested in talking to me, <laughs> the commission doesn't cover it. So they take me to the little case, you know, that's not lit yeah. very well. 
some of the rings still have fingers in them. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, okay, so you can afford this. And then she said to me, I, and this is 25 years ago, and I still remember it like yesterday. She goes to me, okay, what size is your finger? And I went, I can't do this. I just, I can't, and I... And you laughed. I laughed. It's like, I'm not even going to get that. I don't even, I don't know. I can't make decisions like this. And then I did go back a couple of days later, and she was like, well, just make it big, and we can... Size it. Size it. Oh, good. I'm like, okay, do that. So it was, it, uh, it pretty much would go, it was a bracelet. Could have fit over the wrist, probably. <laughs> How do I know? Might have been like, an anklet. Might yeah, have been a bracelet. Exactly. Could have been, still an, wears could that have been ring a necklace. I know she does. Yeah, I, I bought her does. a better one, like I say, at the 10-year mark, but she still wears that uh, first one. 348 is, uh, we're on the topic of marriage. Uh, nine old-fashioned marriage tips that still work today, and uh, it's suggested that we should follow these, that every mm-hmm. couple should follow them. We'll have that after this. Engagement rings. Some of them, yeah, bought it for $100, still wearing it. Um, another one just, uh, you know, spent 12 grand on the rings. Uh, they worked through it all. They, they just got married. She loves it. Other ones made it. They made the rings. She was a silversmith. She took a, a course, made the rings. Mm, that's nice. Love it. You know, Very whatever, personalized. Uh, yeah, whatever blows your skirt up, right? I, I had a friend down in Calgary at that time who was uh, associated with a... Uh, motorcycle uh, oh, yeah. enthusiast yep. uh, club. And uh, he knew I was looking for a ring. Mm. And he offered to sell me some rings. Quite a collection he had. <laughs> um, none of them really a diamond engagement ring. Mm. Um, but had there been one there, I, I sort of did wonder, I still wonder to this day, if I would have bought it. I mean, mm. let's be honest, clearly stolen. Do you want to start your marriage with a stolen engagement that's kinda, ring? That's kind of bad. Sort of bad karma, yeah, right? Kinda. But somebody did ask you, Jay, mm. um, is it okay to, to get a ring on a buy and sell? So in other words, just you're going to maybe somebody's marriage broke up and they put it up online, yeah, Kijiji what or whatever. Would you do what you have to do? So you would have no problem that it was a used ring? I'm not sure that I would tell the wife. I'm not sure I'd tell her. Well, our secret's good. Well, not according to this. Uh, nine old-fashioned marriage tips that still work today that every couple should follow. Think about this, my friends. Uh, reminder that the small things do count. Know what makes your partner happy and do those little things. Get that cup of tea or buy that chocolate bar at the dollar store. Those little things that will make him or her happy. Pick your battles. <laughs> Pick your battles. Don't focus so much on what they're not doing that you're forgetting what you're not doing. Uh, if uh, you're you're spending the time on uh, he didn't do this or she didn't remember mm-hmm. that, do a little exercise they call balancing. Think of scales where the issue is weighing one side and add your own brain fart to the other place to balance <laughs> it out again. So remember that. Uh, show gratitude for everything, big or small. Um, so recognize the efforts of your husband, your wife. Make love your number one priority. Now, men not making love. No, that comes a bit a little bit yeah, later. Make love. Um, help your partner know that you love them, but understanding by understanding how they feel love. So I've talked about this before that mm-hmm. people have different uh, ways. They have different love languages. Some people are like to show it. Some people like to talk about it. That sort of stuff. So to figure all of that out um, and um, make sure that they know it. Be a better you. If you don't feel good about yourself and you're bringing unhappiness to the relationship and clouding it with negative energy. 
Fair. Okay. Let your strengths dictate division of labor and finances. I so believe in this. Mm -hmm. So believe in it. You know how many guys of my age category thought that it was their responsibility? Do you run the, I run the finances. I, you know, this is what I do and this is what you do. Carol runs our house and she runs it brilliantly. Yeah. And when people ask me, when we go to renegotiate the mortgage and somebody says, well, how much do you pay in utilities? No idea. Yeah. I just know they get paid every year, yeah. every month. Yeah, absolutely. Have the honest conversation about how much time you each have versus how much you're making and split the household duties with your strengths and weaknesses in mind. <laughs> Don't hold things in. Aha, uh-huh, your partner can't read your mind. If you're hurt, they may not know, and it's very important when mm. the time is right to let them know. So, yeah, have the conversation. Have uh, Make sure you talk. Be fair. These, again, are the nine old-fashioned marriage tips that still work today that we all should be following. Be fair. Um, It's not fair to ask for anything uh, you're not willing to do first. Mm. What? (laughs) Okay. Uh, And take time to have sexy time. (laughs) And it says it's important that couples, you know, and it gets to the point where maybe we have to schedule Mm -hmm. days for the sexy time if we're that busy. Um, And she says, but that could come across as uh, not spontaneous. So she says... Don't schedule them on the same night every week. Mix it up. <laughs> the same. Or you can schedule the night, but don't tell your partner. But make sure their schedule is open. Put the reminder in your phone. Yeah, you want to make if sure. If you must, you to remind sure yourself. <laughs> and it'll make things um It's not nearly as fun if that's her girl's Take night out. Take time to have the sexy time. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I read an article the other day. Yes. About a couple Just that your... had the sexy time every day. Every day? Every day. They've been married for years Every day. That's a lot of work, eh? She said it's, you know, great for the marriage. How long have they been married? How long have I been married? No, how long is this couple? Oh, gosh. They were probably married, you know, 15 years now. 15 years. Every day. Uh Uh-huh. Every day. I'll see if I can find the article. I don't want to read the article. (laughs) 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 Maybe I should put a link up somewhere. (laughs) Every day. I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. I'd be happy with that. I'd, I'm okay. With that. Don't you roll your eyes at me. You're the one that's sitting here going, wah, wah, wah. Well, I'm just saying that, you know, that's a lot of begging, really. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that's just a lot of. There's some nights you want to just, uh, you know. But this couple, watch that's not TV. what it is. They just do it. That's just, just a part. That's yeah. a part of, you know, mm. that's just a part of their relationship, and it's very important. And they say it just makes it, they're closer. They're yeah, that's they're a better lot of chocolate cake. Of that. That's you know, I like chocolate cake, but listen, there's a limit. I mean, I don't want to eat it every night. You know what I mean? Like, too much of anything. You want a, some anticipation, right? I need. Okay, I'm going to stop <laughs> talking now. I'm just saying, that's... What about hockey game nights and stuff like that? I mean, there's... You know what I mean? There's the halftime or you know, hockey whatever game. it is, the, the intermission. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're only seven minutes, uh, eight to, eight to ten minutes. Well, that's Power more than place. enough. Come that's on. more than enough time. <laughs> the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.